Hello, everybody. A little bit of housekeeping before we get this episode started. After this episode, we're going to take a one-week break for the American Independence Holiday weekend. So we will be back on July 14th with a new episode, not July 7th. In the meantime, hit us up with emails about the end of this episode when we talk about some controller stuff. We had some questions for everybody. And uh, as a side note, we also forgot to mention that in July, we will also be bringing back Subspace Transmissions, the Star Trek subpod, and we're going to be watching the original series time travel episode all our yesterdays one of the best spock episodes out there and um, talking about that one so if you want to listen along after having watched it so you can you know listen to what what we think and and or email in your opinions ahead of time uh go ahead and get started on that before middle of july thanks everyone here's the episode Will Windows 11 be as wise? Stay tuned. Uh, you are w- very brave if you upgrade to Windows 11. <laughs> Is I'm it open saying. already? Isn't it just in beta still? There's like a preview build or something out there. But like even after it comes out, you'd be crazy to upgrade. Like why? Would oh, you no, wait, wait, wait for, you know, several builds. Yeah, your microphone is back to normal. Let me turn you back down there, buddy. Oh, am I? Oh. <laughs> I, can, I can. I have my input turned way up, so I can turn myself down. No, no, it's fine. I can turn you down. Leave it where it is. Don't touch anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hands off the microphone button. Not touching any of the buttons. Maybe it's because I installed a new mouse. Oh, oh, we get to talk about more more peripherals. Should I, should I lead in with it, Michael? Are we, I think are, so. Are we committing to it? <laughs> yes, do it. All right. Welcome to the Car Blocker, episode one of the subpod for We Were Gamers about everything baked and fried. You got Michael. Nom, 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 nom. Andy, and we're here to... Hey, how's it going, JJ? <laughs> what? Oh, hello. I guess I'm also here, apparently. I stumbled onto the wrong podcast. I was about to leave. Like, I showed up to the wrong... <laughs> Wrong place. Uh, we were we were uh, noshing on carbs. Somehow came up with the name carb locker. Oh no, it was what was it? Carbo. It carb? was it was carb blocker. Carb we were blocker. talking about we were talking about bollards and bollards, Andy yes. couldn't come up with the name, and so he threw out carb blocker. And I heard it as carb locker. And then we thought that would be a great subpod about bread. I mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, that does sound like a good pod about red. I would listen. Yeah. Welcome to 266. We were gamers. For all the people that have been waiting, yes, we will do controllers this episode. Because I know there's at least four people that are very irked that we haven't finished controllers part two. <laughs> Uh-oh. Gosh. Didn't know I'm, we I'm one of the four, fans. so really it's only three. Oh, Okay. Anyway, uh, bollards, JJ. They have a lot of bollards at Disneyland. Shocker of the century. Yeah. Disneyland implements ways to control cars. Yeah, they, we we uh, we were trying to find a bridge, etc. 
Hey, Disneyland's, uh, it was a little weird going there with the world being back to normal. Hey, guys. Now you can see me. Hi. Hi. Uh, it was strange, right? I don't know. Yeah. It was, uh, it was weird for it to be back, uh, but not quite all the way back. So the we're like right off the bat, JJ. The the they're not running the trams right now. So you park in the parking structure, and then you have to walk along the tram route to get to the park. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it yeah. is a little off-putting and strange. Uh, we had fun though. I I think keeping yourself comfortable with like I'm gonna wear my mask because I feel uncomfortable right now, and then staying away from crowds was enough for me. I I didn't feel entirely unsafe, especially, you know, having a superpower of a vaccine. So, yeah. And there were not, there were, there's still capacity limited. So there weren't enough people to ever make it feel really crowded unless you were doing uh, one of a couple of, of different certain things. Yeah. I think it was obvious which areas to avoid. And, uh, yes. Although we charged headlong into one of those areas. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that on this podcast. Because yeah. uh, I experienced Rise of the Resistance for the first time. But that's nothing new. A lot of people have been on that before. Including multiple members of the extended family of this podcast. And uh, and I, I understand now why people shouldn't ruin the little tiny surprise that's in there. If you you know don't go on YouTube and watch the video or whatever of the ride. Uh, but I, I think we're both here to hear about the Avengers campus. Yeah. So we, um, I guess before we even, before we even left home for the park, they open up during the day, they open up two rounds of basically a lottery for trying to get a boarding group for the new ride, uh, Same web policy slingers. as Rise right. of Resistance. Same policy as Rise. Uh, except they do it twice a day now instead of just once. Um, and so we were lucky enough to get a boarding group in the 7 a.m. slot. So we already knew before we left for the park that we were going to be able to get on the ride, provided it didn't break down. Okay. Uh, which was good. You know, they'd had uh, they'd had some issues opening weekend with wait times and crowd control, but they had worked everything out fortunately, uh, by this past weekend. So we, let's see, we got there and we did a, just a walkthrough of the Avengers campus, which was great. Um, took a lot of pictures, um, happened to be, we had, we had really good timing with things all day long. So we were wandering through taking pictures on our first pass and just happened to be standing there when, two of the Dora Milaje came out and did a, like their 20 minute bit that was recruiting everyone to, to be a, a Dora Milaje trainee. That's cool. Yeah. That's that was great. So there was, yeah, for they've sure. Had, there was, they've a, had them around for a while uh, when they introduced Black Panther to the park, but they used to be over through. in like Hollywood land and they do like the spear show. I don't know the name for it. So, Right, we were gamers. It's a podcast that we were gamers. If you know the name of the like dancing spear show thing uh, that they do, but it 
it's different now, right? Like they they're doing more with a lot of the things they had before. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, there, that was actually one of two shows that we caught on the day. There's a there's an Avengers show where Taskmaster tries to break into Avengers headquarters and is fended off by what? Black Widow and uh, Black Panther. Okay, hold on. I gotta look up what the what which Taskmaster they use. What yeah, colors there's like did they 15 use? Fifteen Taskmaster. I think they use the movie one. The oh. upcoming, Black, upcoming Black Widow movie one. Okay. Oh like, man. Missed opportunity. Purple Taskmaster. Purple Taskmaster. Bright orange cape. <laughs> yes. Face. Where's yes. he at? Uh, Marvel versus that would have been three Taskmaster. Put so him in the park. They use the one with the like all black with the helmet and like the skull, yeah and the shield skull face and stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. man. I of mean, of course they, they did. Oh, right, course, that, obviously, got to do that yeah. product tie-in. Of course they did. Yeah. Oh man, a white caped one. I forgot about the white cape. Taskmaster. Oh man, there's so many good versions of Taskmaster. <laughs> okay, well that's cool. Yeah. Um. So we got to. We. Oh, what else did we get to do? We also got to eat at uh, Pim's Test Kitchen, With which I think had ex- been oversized chicken on a tiny bun. Yeah. So it had made the news. I think. M- most recently for the hundred dollar sandwich, which right. was kind of a misleading headline because it was a hundred dollar sandwich that fed up to eight people. So when you do the math, it's actually cheaper than for eight people. It's cheaper than the single serving sandwich. As of now, it's kind of hard to go to Disneyland with eight people. Right. Yes. Uh, um, but the but food, you know, the food sense. was fun. Uh, nice. I liked that my my silverware were all the length of my thumb. So I was eating with a tiny little fork and a tiny little spoon. Oh. So it's is horrible. that like the goof? Is the everything yeah. at this place like either gigantic or way too small? Yeah, everything is eat? everything is outsized one way or the other. Yeah, so like the bread, the bread is this big, but the the chicken underneath chicken the bread cutlet. is like the size of your head. You know, it's uh, okay. it's, everything's kind of like that, or or it's like a, a very goof. colorful plate with a lot of different stuff on it. Yeah, my wife's sandwich came with tater tots, and I kind of wished that it had been one giant tater tot, uh, <laughs> even though I know that that wouldn't have cooked properly. Yeah, the middle is going to be mm, it would be a greasy, soggy, no gross, half yeah, frozen basically. mess. No, that's not what and you, you know. Like. That thing was going to be fried, and that means there's a lot of oil there. That's yeah, not exactly. Be good. I know it's like impossible for you to describe this without a map and that's not what I'm going for really, but how is it kind of like organized? Because some of the stuff they have in there is like the shawarma stand and like jokes from the movies, but it's also supposed to be like a campus or quote unquote, like the Avengers campus. So how is it kind of, yeah. So we walked in from the side that faces uh, it almost faces the waterfall that's in California Adventure. Yeah. Okay. So back um, where um, so back where the where the food the festival theater. usually is. Well, but so like where the theater used to be, the Bugs Land Theater. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right there where the Bugs Land Theater used to be. Uh, so we entered from that side, and you come the like one of the first things you see is a, a big spray painted mural uh, by Miles Morales. Oh, cool. 
uh, and they had, as we walked in, they had Spider-Man there um, at a, a photo stop for people Which to one? take pictures in front of him. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, uh, not Peter, Miles. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, and then you come, you keep walking in and you see the shop for um, Web. Okay. Uh, Web is Web like in- a short for Web Institute or whatever. Yeah, it's the Web Institute. Which is funny because um, that's a play on an actual web institute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's basically like a, a think tank for um, young developers to. I see. Yeah. Build, you know, build out their the build out their school. ideas. Cool. Right on. So it is like a school campus more than. Yeah, a little bit. Than like hodgepodge stuff. Nice. Yeah. So it's laid out well. Um, you know, the big draw right now is, of course, the Web Slingers ride, which uh, I thought was great. So, okay. JJ, the whole thing, I, I explained this to Andy a little bit, the whole thing works on motion capture. So you are sitting in a car that holds eight people. The car is the Web Slinger um, that holds eight people, four on each side. And you ride through it arcade style, like the Toy Story Midway Mania ride. Okay, you're really pulling the stuff that I know a lot about, <laughs> that, for sure. Astro Boy. Um, definitely know what definitely know what that is. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay, okay. So like it's a it's one of those rides where there's like a car, right? And there's like four people in the car, and you can turn it. Uh, it's the orientation's fixed, so you can't turn it okay, yourself. So the car turns itself. Right. You shoot at uh, stuff on the screen. Yeah, Got you it. shoot at stuff on the screen, except this one, instead of having a blaster, the motion capture picks up your arms and you go through the ride doing the Spider-Man shooting webs motion. So you just have to kind of like thrust your arm in and out like you're exactly. Spider-Man. So you get your arm workout in for the day. Uh, and it's it's surprisingly How accurate. good is this? Yeah, it is. It is very accurate, actually. So... Does it matter I, more that you throw your arms straight out like you could be punching or is like the flicking motion? What is the motion that it's picking up? I think it's so they it's show forward you forward motion of hands. They show you a little stick figure uh, version of yourself on the screen when you first sit down so you can see what it's picking up. And it basically has uh, dots for your for each of your joints. So your fist is a dot, your elbow is a dot, your shoulder is a dot. So it's looking uh, for this. And so, yeah, like it's basically out. picking up on on the your hand, your fist. Moving forward, I imagine, or yes. up or something. Okay. Hmm. That's pretty cool because I uh, worked very... This is like, you know, work, big air quotes, in the idea of computer vision near the end of my time in college, and it was impossible. I decided <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to work in that field anymore <laughs> because it was impossible. Pretty hard. Uh, and like, I, 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 the algorithm that we developed in one semester couldn't, all we were trying to do was find the mouth in a picture. Oh no. Yeah. It only worked on women and it only worked on white women. Oh (laughs) oh dear. We we accidentally developed a racist algorithm (laughs) that is also gendered only for finding women's minds. Mouths, yeah. Oh, JJ, uh, I don't know about mentioning that on live. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. It's so obviously Disney is like. Yeah. Also, this was like 
15 years ago so you know yeah. well but clearly like to professional companies moved. you hear about apple's struggles with with uh, like face unlock uh oh, working yeah. with different with it's different serious. people and different skin tones and stuff stuff like is that. hard man and yeah. you know like voice stuff that only works for people with certain kinds of accents and not others and it's it's very difficult so I, i'm very impressed that disney was able to do a ride like this because then now you're introducing a whole bunch of other factors, right? The car is moving. There's weird lighting conditions. There's, you know, all people wearing all sorts of weird clothes and God knows what princess outfits and whatever sparkly t-shirts that reflect light and all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. Into the ride. They didn't, so. they didn't make it impossible on themselves. So the car is stationary every time you're shooting at the screen and then it moves in between screens. My oh God. Yeah. If it was actually in motion while the camera is tracking you, the camera would have to be bolted to the car. I don't know how yeah. else it would be done. My guess is there's some sort of infrared laser using technology there. So you don't have to worry about as much color wise. Could, could be. They do. Um, like ultraviolet or something. I know. Didn't oh, yeah. the connect use like infrared or something like that? Yeah, I think your I think that iPhone does too. It uses it has like a separate. It doesn't use your camera for face unlock. It uses something else. As far as I, I believe it, because the, when I had my phone screen repaired for the glitch where it was like it had like lines down the screen or whatever, all of a sudden um, they took that screen off and the guy had to like run a test where he like attached this magnetic strip over each part of the thing. And he put it on one side. And I was like, what, what are you testing over there? He's like, that's the face sensor. It's a separate whole separate thing just for yeah, face. It's like detection. buried under the screen. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a camera because it doesn't, it just has glass over it and it's black, but like there's some sort of, it could be ultrasonic too. There's a lot um, of different ones. I, yeah, I have no idea what they're using. Uh, that's so for- cool though. I- I want to try that. I mean, I haven't been to Disneyland in forever, so I haven't seen any of the Star Wars stuff. I haven't seen this, obviously. So I, yeah. it would be cool to go. But also, uh, I'm not really Russian. Sounds like Disneyland has been crazy. <laughs> so maybe, you know, give another year to cool down or something and all. Yeah, okay. the nice the nice thing about going when we did is that even though things are can be back at full capacity, Disney is still understaffed. So Mm -hmm. they're still imposing capacity limits on the crowds because they don't have the manpower to handle that many people. You can kind of feel the the ship groaning a little bit with all the people there. Like the lines are crazy for stuff? For some stuff, but not like lines for rides or anything like that. In fact, those lines are relatively manageable. I've heard some people say they had problems, but we didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. Michael, I, I don't know if you noticed it with like some of the food lines were kind of like out of control. Yeah, we um, noticed that too, and I think it's because it, it, two, sort of two things going on. One is that not everywhere is open, right, and yeah. some places are doing mobile order only. Yeah, that's and like so. If you're if you're trying to just like walk around and you want to grab food somewhere, you only have so many options of places that you can go that are taking walk up orders. And unlike uh, some places that I've seen, they don't seem to turn it off when they get behind. So, like, at certain points, no. we were looking at mobile ordering at places at noon, and it was, like, 4 o'clock pickup. It's like, you should probably turn off your orders for a little while and just, like, yeah, catch chill up and catch up. And That's definitely know, we, a case of, like, yeah, that those are the kinds of jobs they let go immediately, right? That they're like, sure. oh, no, we have no – we have, like, one <laughs> – we have one shift of these yeah. people today, and we'll hire more, but, like, you know. Every yeah. single employee – 
on every single ride that I could find, you it looked like there were too many people. You were like, what? They have a like trainee. three. They, yeah, because everyone has yeah. a trainee. Every single exactly. person 100%. has a trainee. Yeah. Yep. It, yeah. So like. They're, they're they staffing asked up. to They'll check my daughter's. Soon. Yeah. They asked to check my daughter's height and overcomes the guy that said it and overcomes another person behind them. They yeah, told us to get in the cart. We got to check them. Okay. This would be great. Get, get the trainee. Okay, okay. Okay. Come over here. Watch the. Yeah. This yeah, is how yeah. we do it. Okay. Look. Yeah. And it happened on multiple <laughs> rides. So like on Star Tours. There comes the guy. There comes the trainee. Measure the kid yeah. on the next Star Wars ride. There comes the guy. There comes the trainee. Measure the kid. It's like your kid probably kid. not just thinks it's normal. This is just how it works when you're on the edge. They just yeah. all, everyone always checks you. Yeah. And little like, did they know, I've never seen a child be measured at Disneyland once in like oh, it's, ten years. It's happened before <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's happened before. Not too well. I mean, it sure it happened to me, but um, it's happened. I don't before. know when I was a kid if it ever if I ever got measured. I don't even remember. But you know, yeah. you know it was so long yeah. ago. But uh, overall, they were still jovial employees, you know, like uh, yeah. I think people are in general happy to be working again. So uh, I was happy. We, we can end on this this one, but I was happy to uh, to take some time and build one of these bad boys. It's for uh, the Andrew audio is. portion of the podcast. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, the, this is an all audio yeah, podcast. Audio podcast. So I ended up uh, building one of those Savi's lightsabers, which is the 200 and whatever dollar experience that you go in that now Michael has seen and I have done. And I ordered some extra parts from, uh, from Florida. Shh. <laughs> uh, is this illegal? Who cares? No, 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 no. It's not illegal. Florida was oh, okay. selling, uh, because they were open so early, they were using the extra pieces to sell uh scrap, which they had stopped doing for a long time because people were buying so much of it and selling it online and, Right, because people it, were probably just buying all the pieces and not doing yeah, the thing at Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so now I think uh, Disneyland also is selling the scrap, but uh, to just kind of change out a few pieces of it. And it was a cool thing. I'm glad I did it with my wife because if I had done it alone, it would have been like, all right, that was fun. But I felt like I was missing something versus like somebody coming in with me and doing it with me. Like I didn't think yeah, I was... Because the way that it's a, it's kind of a ceremony, yeah, and like it, it would be like corny and cheesy, but like when you're doing it with somebody else, and it, it could be anybody, you could bring whoever you want, but like if you're doing it with somebody else, at least you kind of like when the room when they talk about the red kyber crystal and the room lights turn red, like you kind of like it's kind of theatrics. Yeah, it's good theatrics, and, like, you, you can appreciate it, and, like, if you have somebody there with you, it's kind of fun. I also snagged uh, I also snagged this thing while I was there, because I couldn't help myself. This, is a, this looks like a case for this lightsaber, this or is, is this case, a... This is a case for, for, the hilt. for a different lightsaber. Aha! Yeah. Okay, so the the lightsaber he's holding up is Luke's lightsaber. That's from... Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. And this that is would, a case built for that, or just a case a, built for a lightsaber? It's a case that comes with it. It's uh, it's pretty cool, and you can uh, you can use the blades from the Savi's ones to plug into that, and it'll oh. it'll also work as a lightsaber too. So, I finally, if they held me away from Disneyland so long, I made bad decisions, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, if you yeah. enjoyed it, it was worth it, right? I enjoy, definitely enjoy it. It's, it's weird how it becomes a thing that like, I thought I was going to get it 
and like put it on the shelf, right? I got the little stand for it so it'll lay like this and you can just stare at it and do the thing, right? He's holding it at a rakish angle. Thank you. Remember. You're the greatest narrator. I, I hate it. I hate listening to podcasts where clearly the hosts are all together talking to each other and they're like, what do you think about this? And it's like no description whatsoever I, of what they're was, talking about. That was that no, frustrates me as a listener. No cap, so dude. I'm I was going not, to do it. I was not no, being no, no, sarcastic. No, I'm just I telling you why. I'm yeah, no, literally I, explaining everything you're doing. Because it bothers me. It. Yeah, exactly. It bothers me. So you now I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it's weird. What I was going to say is it's weird how much I look at it and like, then I just want to hold it. You know, it's not like a, it's not like a Lego you put on the shelf and you're like, cool. I'm never going to touch that. Cause it'll break. He points at the Lego. I pointed at the shelf. Lego. I was <laughs> actually putting, I was kind of, you're up here. Uh, so I was pointing. Yeah. Up. Whichever way it is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the Lego on my shelf. <laughs> here. No, no, nothing wrong with putting a Lego on the shelf and not playing with it because it, that especially will break, right? Like you're going to get it yeah, down. It's like, heavy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this thing's not light, but it's also not like millennium Falcon heavy. Uh, but it's weird in the first couple days of having it. Where I'm like, I want to look at it. No, actually I want to just hold on to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's it. Cool. That was my, uh, no, I'd like, I, yeah. I'm, it's not Sounds an like you had an awesome time, and that's what's yeah, yeah, exactly. So Disneyland, uh, yeah, not as a much of a panic attack as I expected it to be. Well, from one sort of gadget to another sort of gadget, Michael. Yes. What did you uh, have you done with your gadgets? Recently. He's saying, "What if? What's up with the peripherals?" My joke was going to be, "That's my per- new right. peripheral," because then I was going to show you my belt clip that I got for it. But JJ took the transition a different direction. Uh, yeah, I uh, I have a new mouse, which is basically just a slight upgrade on my old mouse. Same brand. Um, it- yeah, it's the it's just the next one in the line. So I had a I had a Death Adder Chroma by Razer. That okay. lasted me seven years, which I think is pretty good for a gaming mouse. I got... I'm trying to figure out. I I currently am using a Razer Death Adder, so I switched I to. Don't a... know when I bought it. This this <laughs> a Logitech G502 that I bought with the new computer. Before that, I had the Logitech GameX or something like that that you could put weights in. This also you can put weights in. Uh, I, I don't know why a lot of people like a light mouse and I hate it. I want the mouse to be as heavy as possible to have some weight. Yeah, that's, Hmm. I know. Maybe that's I, it's why exactly the opposite. Maybe that's of, why you switched to using a controller because when you're doing shooters, you'd want a fast mouse, right? I switch. Oh, I would think that with RTSs too. This is, this is for the controller discussion later. I still play halo with this mouse and I quite like it. Halo uh, is a slow shooter, though, compared with, like, Call of Duty. So, but there's something else that got me to switch to controller on Call of Duty. Uh, we'll talk about it in the controller section. I want to hear why you bought a new Death Adder. Yes, please Also, my, my Gamer X Logitech lasted uh, 13 years. Oh, wow. Okay. I still have it. It's in a box. It's up. Okay. I just checked there. this this Razer mouse that I'm using I bought in 2012. But the, uh, yeah, so yours is getting up there in age, too. And it seems but, to still be okay. Hold on. Let me see the thumb pad. Have you worn through it? 
No, it's gross though. So, yeah, so like my Geo five oh two has like this this like anti slip thumb pad right here. Oh, mm-hmm. see mine doesn't have that. It's like slick yeah. plastic there. So, so this is all the, like the buttons are kind of crusty. Oh, so this sure. is like anti slip and then the buttons are here. And this is all one molded piece on the Gamer X or what I can't GX laser that I used to have. There was a, a cap that you could like snap over this thing and it would make the mouse bigger or smaller based on your hand. So I went through two of those caps and wore my thumb all the way through them in the 13 years I had that mouse. That's, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Well, it yeah. just is what it is. I mean, they wear out. I still have it. It still works, but it wasn't like super comfortable to use anymore. So I switched to this one. Uh, Death Adder number two. Why? Uh, the driving reason was that the left uh, the left mouse button had started to go, so you'd click it once and it would click twice, or it wouldn't register. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it just gotta, gotta go. be. Yeah, my wife uses the computer for work most days. Oh no, so for her, for her in particular, it was right just, out. Just, yeah, right out. So it was Trash. time. It was time for it to go. Yeah. It's dead. Yeah, uh, I, I kept not. it because I might I might pull it apart just to take a look at the guts of it. Sure. Just because that kind of thing fascinates me, uh, sure. but other than that, yeah, it's uh, it's... you'll be impressed at how small those little lasers are. Oh yeah, I'm sure they're minuscule. They're barely yeah. lasers like, at all. It's like a diode. It's like one tiny little light bulb. That's yeah, it. and then you're like, wait a minute, you can make it go bigger and smaller based on these little buttons here. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that was your uh, that was your Prime Day thing, right? Yeah, so I, I got that, and I, I snagged myself a copy of uh, Link's Awakening. Oh, nice. such a good game, man. Yeah. Am I the only one here who played that Nintendo Switch one? The Switch version, yeah. I I I burned oh, a hole yeah. in the original Game Boy version back I was in the day. Say, I, think, I think you two had played the Game Boy one yeah. back in the day. That was the um, difference. The, both the original and the color the colorized one. Cool. That's, to... You're going to like that game, dude. It's so good. I found eventually that I didn't want to learn some of the dumb puzzles, like the fetch quest, give things to people across the island. Uh, thing. The, trade, the trading quest. <sighs> yeah. I oh, just the thing, don't you need <laughs> to do the trading quest, though? Yeah, you do. Yeah. In yeah, this do. game, in this game, it's, do it. it's unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> you yeah I, don't do think, it. I don't think you can get away with not doing it. Uh, I think you can get technically get to the end. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, you should be doing it. And the point is looking up when and who to go to. Oh, yeah, because one of them has feasible to be day to and night. And... Yeah, there's a bunch of nonsense in there. It's just like, oh, okay, other side of the entire world map and also nighttime. And in this hut, uh, there's a guy. Give it. Give him this random thing for no reason that you would know. And he'll oh, okay. give you a different random thing yeah, to take, take that- to another guy. Yeah, exactly. Some other random person, they decided they need a watering can for no reason. <laughs> okay. And it's just like, it's random stuff like that the entire way through. Nice. That's awesome, though. Nice. Well, uh, I pulled the trigger on Prime Day. I think I sent a text of the uh, Jerry Go JJ narrate. All right. So he's holding <laughs> up a box that says Xbox Elite, and I can't read any of the text below it. Series 2. It, it had a it's a big controller box, though. Yeah, Series Two. So I I prime date a, another. 
I think they're premium controllers, right? That would be count as a yes. premium controller. Yes. yes, that's an expensive sure. controller, dude. It's like 150 bucks. Uh, yeah, it was, I think it's 179 retail, and I got somebody to Prime Day match something else lower than that. I don't remember. Uh, I was gonna say I think these days like. First party console controllers are like between sixty and seventy dollars or something. Okay. So yeah, you're going roughly double. That's extremely premium in my mind. I I don't find it to be extremely premium. I think there's like two tiers above. Literally, standard. literally half. Okay. If I can get okay. a good first party controller for half the price, that sure. is extremely <laughs> premium to me. So so there's like cheap, which is half the price of a normal controller. There's right standard controller price, which is the sixty bucks, and it comes from. The platform holder. Right. And then there's what I would call the premium controller level, which is like the scuff slash Xbox Elite uh, 8-bit dough level of controllers. Those 8-bit doughs are also, I don't know, I guess maybe 8-bit doughs on both sides of this spectrum. Yeah, 8-bit yeah, dough yeah, produces they, two. They they has run the very range. cheap controllers as well, That's like true. $30. That's true. So. so they probably count more like a Hori manufacturer. Hmm. And then there's like the extra premium build your own controllers that you end up spending, you know, $8 a button because they're made out of right. clear plastic and you can change the colors and they're all hand built or whatever. And there's different brands of those. I don't know how well they function and I kind of don't care. I mean, um, that's like any hobby, right? There's some version where it's like completely artisanal, homemade, bespoke. You could get like I build would love your to own see, keyboards, okay. build your if own. If you are a manufacturer. <laughs> If you're a manufacturer of artisanal controllers, hand wood hand sanded controllers. I don't know about wood. I don't yes. think you're getting wood. If you have uh driftwood teak No, no. Controllers, I, yeah, teak. I want teak driftwood. Oak. I yeah. want oak. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the most un, unreasonable woods. I, what is the, what's the most unreasonable wood? Redwood? Redwood's no, very it's, expensive. Uh, yeah, it's expensive right now. I'll take cedar buttons because they have to be replaced a lot. So, you know. No, sure. The buttons will wear through. Yeah. They'll, wear, they'll wear down if they're made out of wood. So you can make those out of cedar. But at least have the controller shell made out of oak. So, <laughs> English oak. Sure. That's, that's a good uh, movie reference. If you get it, uh, podcast at wewergamers.com, and I'll I'll reply to you and say, I'm glad so you got my joke. up emoji. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> uh I All haven't right. I've been gone, so I haven't tried the new Elite controller yet. I will on Celeste probably tonight or this week. Uh and then I will at least have all the information available to me about where I want to live in the controller market. I I think this leads into our controller discussion this week, but I've I still like my vantage. It's still plugged into my computer. I downloaded DS. I think I mentioned last week that, or last time we talked about it, that I downloaded DS4 Windows uh, to make mm-hmm. this appear as a Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. So it it just tricks the computer. You have to have it open, and then you know this yep. is this is the A button, and that's the B button, and whatever. I've been living that life with random. Uh, I used a PS3 controller for a long time, and so yeah. I had that uh, as an Xbox controller for six years or something and then yeah. it died and now i have a ps4 controller i love 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 this part of the controller 
the back pointing buttons. to the like back yeah. rear touch the, buttons the or rear, they're clicky. triggers or they're something. little triggers they sound like this they're like they're little mouse click triggers right and they're very huh, snappy okay. yeah they use the same i can probably pull one out here they use the same uh there's activate you probably can't even see it probably what's that still an audio podcast yeah i know so uh on the back of here is a little tiny dot you see that dot there's a little dot there that is the button and it it is indented and pressed like a like a mouse button by a tiny little nub on the back of these things and that's it so uh i love that part of the controller i love the feel of the controller it's large enough it's like a little bit bigger than the hands but i've started to run into a different issue which is this side button here on both sides some kind of button that's not on a standard controller no it's like a shoulder i would call it like a well these are off the shoulder off the shoulder like bumper buttons almost yeah right the bumper is the term for the front shoulder button on an xbox oh, controller but okay, he's talking so about one to it. like the left of that to along the left the side of, that. of the controller like, so somehow. your normal z and r triggers and all that sort of stuff on a normal controller r and l triggers right i grip right and i'm like shooting and i get mm-hmm. distracted and i like panic and i start pressing these buttons and accidentally uh spray paint people instead of shooting them <laughs> yeah this sounds like a uh you need to relax your hands problem not a <laughs> yeah the controller no. is built wrong problem it's or not guess, necessarily you know, the controller um it's not a it's a it's a weird ergonomic place to put a, those right and so I, like if if ergonomically there's a better controller for me because of the way i grip it there might be the chance that the xbox one is and i've also had a problem with uh this trig- this stick left thumbstick left thumbstick yeah yeah uh sometimes stays down here and then i does it drift when it does it just stays there it's just sitting there Hmm, that's weird just stays there and then i like flick it and then it works great for the rest of the day i've definitely noticed that my controller sometimes has a weird like phantom input when i first plug it in oh interesting like if i haven't touched the controller it's just sitting there and i've like tabbed out of the screen I tab back into the screen. Sometimes then all of a sudden once it you know, once the game is active again, the character will just start walking away. Oh no. Meanwhile the, the controller is just sitting there. Oh, no. I I had a controller that and would then do as soon, something. As soon as I do anything, it stops. It immediately stops. What was what did your controller do, Michael? I was gonna say I had one that did something similar, but it didn't it, I guess it was it was older than JJ's because it didn't know to stop itself. If you plugged it in if you were holding it with one hand and plugged it in with the other occasionally i would i'd be sort of unconsciously putting pressure on one of the analog sticks and it would set the position of the it would zero the position of the analog oh. stick to wherever i was holding it when it got plugged in that's so horrendous if it was off if it was off center that's then horrendous you'd see, you'd see either the camera or the cursor drift as soon oh. as you booted something up it, it was fixed by just myself. unplugging it sitting it on the table unplugging it and plugging it right back in would fix it but sure uh, but the fact that it didn't it didn't try to re-zero itself uh, zero should be point. zero should be zero like what the heck uh, there's dead zones on all those sticks though absolutely so. yeah that's true zero is not zero yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right uh and this it is this a, guy is really good are, 
this guy's really good about uh, zero being zero. Like the dead zone on this is, I can almost turn it off I, on. Uh, I bet you the dead zone on that is configurable actually, and you can probably just change it to whatever you like. That's true. Set to and zero I, currently, I can also uh, configure it within games to recognize the fact that this controller doesn't need compensation because it doesn't have a huge. That was one of the things I was talking about with the um, the Hori sticks. Is the dead zone on those sticks is like noticeable in using them. And so, like, for fight games, I don't know. I really don't well, know. For fighting so, games, you should really just be using a, a fighting pro, stick. Like, or a pro controller get, could work, too. But the, the eh. dead zone on those sticks is... is or, or a D-pad, I mean. Or a D-pad. Well, I haven't run into <laughs> your uh, Celeste D-pad problem yet. I, apparently, you won't. I don't know. I'm, I, I could not... As a person who grew up playing Mario Brothers on the NES... I could not conscience the idea of playing a game that is essentially just a platformer like that one was with only really, you know, a jump button. Yeah. Without, why am I using this analog stick? Yes, it works, but why? I have this D-pad right here. It works with this too. Sure. Yeah. So we didn't finish really kind of like going through some of the features of stuff. We had a few things that we hadn't finished talking about, Um, especially for people out there that are like wondering why the heck especially I am talking about non-standard controllers. Some of the things that are available to you uh, that maybe you guys might have thoughts on, like I think are kind of cool options that maybe you think are like not necessary at all. And so I wanted to kind of like shout out some ideas of what custom controllers offer and not custom, I guess, but premium controllers or sometimes even, um, add-ons to if you like have the ability to take apart a first party controller you can change stuff out on them if you're confident in doing that so one of the things we didn't even talk about was like stick types heights heights and uh concave versus convex so like you know you could i can take these off and just put them up to the screen so you know what you know what i'm talking about you can always change the height so like this part could be taller you know the the distance the analog stick sticks up stands, stands proud from the stands right, yes yeah. stands proud is a good idea and then whether or not uh you want the top of it to push out on your thumb or in or your thumb push in on it right like a concave or convex definitely yeah. concave i so, think that's yeah. a it's interesting because i think the only controller i used for a long period of time that was which one convex curved outward that ps3 controller a uh, p- Oh, that's right. The PS3 controllers push out. Had convex ones. Yeah. But not because like I preferred it, more because I just had this one and I didn't bother to change. And then when I've started using the PS4 one, they have convex ones. Right. And it's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> this this seems nice. I think the industry has relatively Yeah, I think kind of everyone convex. has realized that like hey it's probably or or if not convex then flat with like a little ridge at the end or something just so that you your your thumb is not like sliding off unintentionally uh, just Ninten- due to the shape of the stick nintendo's are still ever so slightly concave they still have edges on them uh on the on the sides but they're they're slightly concave uh supposedly more accurate concave in terms of like uh minute okay. Control, I could believe that convex better for wide variety of purposes, including speed, etc. 
Yeah. Uh, well, on a, like on a concave surface, you you have that one point of contact on the top, and it's easier to make small movements as opposed to that one flat depression. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like standardized. I've tried all of the options available uh, to this controller, which it came with different heights and all that sort of stuff. And uh, my hands feel like strange if i try to do different heights or different like one concave one convex you know oh well if you do your accuracy one you know for sure i just didn't i liked the feel of everything being roughly the same and just letting my hands do the work so i mean that seems reasonable i think that's a this is also a, a topic in not just controllers but like other sorts of peripherals like you know we talked about um, keyboards and sort of like how you can get Change your, your favorite caps. kind of your feeling of the switches and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure there's similar stuff. Some people like buttons that are a little springier. Some people like their sticks to be a little higher off the oh, yeah. the face or whatever. So, I mean, so it's if, a, you, if you take these guys off, sense, you, right? can, you can even get as deep into a controller as what this is, right? Like what, what like, kind of resistance bands are inside of here? What is uh, so? I've I've opened up the controller now, and I have the stick off, and you can see the peg that controls the, the stick, and then in here are the rubber right. bands that hold the stick, the tension, all that sort of stuff is is even configurable on certain things, or or you can look up what each controller uses and decide you don't like that type of resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's digital resistance too. Uh, okay, well, uh, since we're all kind of in agreement on that one. Rumble was something that you mentioned last time we talked about controllers, Michael, and uh, you were talking about weight on your afterglow, I think, yep. and how heavy it was. So, yes. so uh, some manufacturers have thought of this. This, these are the Rumble packs, and they come out. Oh, and interesting. You can, okay, you can cut the weight of this controller in half by taking the Rumble out of it. Sure. Yeah, so the not, rumble is the only thing in a controller that really has a motor and therefore yep. is Weight. actually weighty because motors are heavy. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's That's not a, an that ad. Makes sense. I mean, it's not an ad for uh, for them. I'm just saying like that is a thing that you can do for multiple manufacturers is just uh, decide you either want want rumble or don't. You don't have it to have a, one that takes it in and out, but uh, that that could help with weight or not. I don't know if it's a feature that you want in a controller, and so you're okay with the weight, or you don't care about, and so you don't want the weight. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I think I generally prefer it be there so that I can experience whatever weird thing they want to do with it. <laughs> I find it generally inoffensive. I guess like it's, I don't. Oh, this this is this the shaking of my controller has added so much to this experience. No, <laughs> no, not usually. But you know, it it is something that they had to program into the game. So I'm like, all right, I'll experience it here. Maybe there are some games where like I get sick of it because I have to keep doing the same thing 500 times. Uh, in which case, then I go into the game settings and turn the rumble off uh, if it has begun to bother me or wear my hands or something. I haven't I don't do that too frequently though. So it is also worth pointing out that most games these days not uh, not all but certainly a lot of big budget type games are going to have an option that let you that lets you turn the vibration off. 
It's also so if you if you are like annoyed by it shaking in your hands or you can't like control it well, usually that's an accessibility option. You can turn that stuff off. I think it's also worth pointing out that most first party or large format games have a rumble if it makes sense. You know, like yeah, like have, they will. have rumble in them. And I think a lot of like, people even if it does that. something completely dumb, like oh, <laughs> when you get a critical hit, it shakes a little bit. Like, yeah. It's completely forgettable, yeah. but like it's there for sure. What are your rumble thoughts there, Michael? Uh, I like it. I mean, I like I like the way, I mean, for the most part, the weight that it adds to the controller. Okay. Um, I mean, I like, I like like we said the mouse and stuff like that. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but like I like weighty yeah. I, I, items, including the controller, even if it makes my yeah. hands tired. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, if it's if it's too light, it bothers me. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm going to break it if I squeeze too hard. <laughs> Back to the NES yep. days. Yeah. Um, Man, if but, you guys haven't picked up like an old controller again, you should do it just to be like, oh, these things. It's one super light. Me. Yeah. 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 But you're you're on the rumble train, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I like I like when when it's used subtly. So, you know, in some in one of the more common ones, I think, is it's used as uh, kind of a hotter or colder. If you're say you're looking for something buried in a game, they'll use the very light rumble as a means of you getting closer or farther away. Oh, OK. Cool. Yeah. So I, I like that. I like little touches like that rather than, you know, the controller feels like it's going to shake out of my hands. <laughs> And each, I think each controller does rumble differently. Like, uh, you I mean, know, they the have principle the, behind it is the same. It's just because the motors, I'm sure, are in different they're all places designed differently. One. Well, I mean, the even yeah. the the Joy Cons have HD rumble, right? And that's that's a different motor and a different orientation doing a different thing. So you know, well, yeah, because those those Joy Con ones are intended to provide a lot more fidelity, at least in terms of how the rumble works. Sure than the, your standard controller that just kind of shakes. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what the difference will end up being in multiple controllers on the Rumble. I, I noticed the PS and the and the Scuff are different. I remember when we had to plug in uh, the Rumble Pack? N64, yeah. yeah. Is that I don't. The... I never. I didn't have an N64, so I don't. It was, uh, it was right. this <laughs> giant, like <laughs> it was this giant brick that you yeah, plugged into the oh, back. I know what the... the Rumble Pack is. I've seen it. For sure. I remember always being the like, you know, I, as the person who would go over to friends' houses to play Goldeneye or whatever, I never had the Rumble Pack. They only had one. Yeah. And yeah. It's never plugged into my controller. Here's the microphone. There's how big the Rumble Pack is. <laughs> yeah. He's holding up a Nintendo 64 Rumble Pack that is like approximately the size of the head of the microphone he's yeah, using. It's about half the size of, of an expensive AT2020 microphone. <laughs> like, it's you not. You talk about. You want to talk about adding weight to a controller? Yeah, that thing is big. Uh, let let me tell batteries you, in it, right? There was, a, uh, yeah, you put batteries in it. Uh, you yeah, put so it it's in, really heavy. You put in two. Those look like double A's. Yeah, probably. Uh, oh no, they're triple A's. But you could get aftermarket ones. I have another one that's even bigger. It's an aftermarket one. It takes this. Uh, so it takes the rumble pack. I'm going to try and describe it without saying this and that. So it takes the rumble pack and off the bottom of the rumble pack comes another open serial port. 
And you then you can plug your memory card into the serial port, and there's a little switch on the back of the aftermarket rumble pack because you can't run the the memory card or the rumble True. pack at the you same time. You have to yeah. swap between the two. So it had a switch. So you're like, oh, cool. I'm not saving. Back to the rumble. Oh, I gotta save. Back <laughs> to the back to the memory card. And uh, so you could like flip the dip switch. So so tell, then, it, what, tell Nintendo what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> then. So then you've got a uh, a memory card sticking out of an even bigger one of these. It was the size of the control and the weight of the and so the controller starts to tip tilting forward away yeah, from yeah. you. Yeah, it's like <laughs> completely it like unweighted against your hands. Like yeah, you're like you're gonna give yourself like wrist uh, RT what the <laughs> like repetitive stress or something oh, trying to hold go, that because yeah. they're. Yeah. Your wrists are not meant to flex in that forward direction. Modern controllers being very well balanced and the N64 controller being extremely silly to try and hold permanently. Uh, what a thing, man. That was a thing. Hey, uh, I play on my computer wired and on consoles wireless. Thoughts? Uh, I feel like oh, I'll I'll let Michael go first. I think I have a nuanced opinion. Um, I so yeah, I play wired at my computer and wireless on the console, but I think that's only it's not really a conscious choice where the console comes in because it's, it's what they offer. It's kind they- of the default now for the controllers to be wireless compared to when controllers used to be wired and that was the only thing that you could do. So I, I um, made that the mistake the first time that I had the option. I bought wave birds for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. And had slight latency compared to people who were using wired ones in smash. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. The hard connection. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty yep. good. Honestly, like in terms of controllers with latency, they might still be some of the best. Uh, technology that existed for that because they were so simple at the time and the console was so simple that they could at least reduce the lag a little bit, I think. Um, I don't know. I So since then, obviously the options, once those went away, once GameCube ended, was that like the, everyone's wireless. You don't get a choice unless you go aftermarket. And even then, right, you might just be using the USB to connect the controller to get it connect wire to connect wirelessly to a console. But on my PC, I, I, um, I originally with a 360, went three, this 360 controller, I got one of those wireless dongles that the dongle that yep. you had to have for the 360 controller to run it wireless. Yep. Um, because my PC was across a room and I always kind of felt the latency in it. A little bit, not enough to ever worry about it. But now that I play with this controller wired, I notice how much quicker it is hmm. than that old 360 controller. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'll end up running the Elite Two wired as well in the PC. Anyway, I think I'm I have... waiting to hear this nuanced opinion that he's been working on this whole time. Oh, I don't know about working, but uh, the. <laughs> So because of like the setup that I'm in, my controllers for the PC have almost always been wired for either because a, the computer didn't have 
wireless capabilities. Like there just wasn't Bluetooth on my motherboard for like a really long time. Uh, who who has Bluetooth on their motherboard that builds a PC? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, why would you pay for that feature? It doesn't seem useful to me. There's nothing I would want to connect Bluetooth directly to the motherboard, right? You can buy the dongle if you need it. Yeah, I love my wired so, headphones. I love my wired keyboard. I, you know, like I, I don't want to think about whether or not I missed a click. So like I, and I use a, uh, I'm holding up a wired mouse. I'm using a wired mouse. I have wired everything at the PC. So it only made sense that I would also be using a wired controller. So that is, I've never bothered to try to figure out how to get wireless working on my PC because this was just the sensible thing to do. Now for the consoles, it was typically, I mean, I'd be using them wireless frequently because again, it was just sort of how it was, right? Uh, right. You know, the NES didn't have an option for wireless. You use the wires. It does now. The SNES does now. You're right. That's true. There are wireless ones. Uh, 8-bit though. 8-bit though makes yeah. sense. I believe, At yeah. least them. It's probably other people. Uh, yeah, totally. You're almost certainly right about that. Uh, but the, you know, so then uh, I never had a GameCube. I never had an N64. And so N64 that was kind of like the game. was wired only. Okay, it was. All right, I didn't remember when they first started doing wireless stuff. But I remember the GameCube they did. I wonder if somebody right? makes a wireless N64. I'm looking this up while you're going. Go for it. Um, they do now I for sure. Looked, I think I've looked it up before and they do. They must. I'm sure they do now, right? Someone will buy that. Okay. Yeah, of course. They so call it, they call it the Admiral. That's a so great skipped, name. So I skipped the GameCube. So I never did that stuff wireless. I did PS2. And PS2, I don't remember having wireless controllers. No, I don't think so. I don't think it did. And so I didn't end up with wireless controllers until the PS3 when they started having them. But then when I first started, I left the cord plugged in because I didn't have a charging station for them. And so you had to charge them by plugging them in. And th- I got used to that for a while. And then I eventually got a charging station. And so then I started using the wireless laser. Like, oh, hey, oh, this yeah, be nice. <laughs> huh? Uh, and now I just I play with them wireless most of the time and that I just plug them in when I am done. So, like, I still have the cord connected to the front of all my consoles so that I can plug the co- so I can plug the core or the controller in when I'm done so that it charges because I, you know, I only really have the console on when I'm going to play. I don't really have it on other times. One. Do you think they build games to accommodate, especially on console, for the fact that their controllers are wireless? thousand percent, yes. Yeah. So you can't miss the click or whatever because, you know. They also they also include the fact that your TV probably has an LCD screen and has latency built into that. Which hopefully which is, is noticeable. It's noticeable when you compare it to uh, video games that didn't used to account for that back in like the PlayStation 1 and older N64 and you know even older eras. The CRTs did not have that latency and it is extremely noticeable if you try to go play like old rhythm games like I'm going to specifically oh, name on a wireless <laughs> controller on an LCD Parappa, screen. Parappa the Rapper, the first game on pl- PS1 is almost impossible to beat on a modern tv with a wireless controller it's just too the inputs are too fast you will not know by the time it is displayed on your screen you have to have anticipated it otherwise uh, otherwise you'll be too late yeah you have to know everything right and so you you would have to memorize the song by losing (laughs) because there's no (laughs) other way to see what you were supposed to do right 
and memorize all the patterns and then know which patterns are coming up next in the song so that you can be ready with them on the beat because even by the time you're hearing it you probably need to be pressing it and it's the that delay is is too long for you to wait mm. to see it no yeah that game is really hard they should remake they should remake that game and adjust all that stupid latency because that <laughs> game is sweet and those songs are rad that's my point bring prep or the rapid to switch bring chop chop master onion and the other guys back yeah. Sure, put them on Switch. It's a PlayStation brand, but who cares? <laughs> hey, we're all about crossplay these days. It's all about crossplay. Hey, uh, hey, put it on PC. Sony's putting put stuff on PC, on PC these days. One, this looks great, Michael. Thank you for linking a wooden Xbox controller. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it had to exist, but of course it does. But of what? course, it looks like a pro. Con- no, it might be a standard. Anyway, uh, I linked in the chat. Look. What they did when they decided to make wireless N64 controllers, they moved all the buttons around so that they, they actually it, make sense. Yeah, they made it look like a, a modern style controller. I so think you, this is uh I think this is plastic wood grain though. I don't think it's real wood. Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, I'm sure it still exists. Hundred percent has to. But look at this controller, this one that I linked. I'm not going to advertise because I don't know if it's any good. So are you, are you going to link it then? Because I did link it. It's above Michael's link. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong. It's okay. Click the wrong link. My bad. It's okay. It uses. Oh, so they- <laughs> see what they did? They turned it into a modern controller by moving the C buttons over and moving the stick where it should be and everything else. Smart. I'm going to have to get one of these. <laughs> this looks like a controller a person could use, unlike the N64 controller. The C buttons are now on the right, where the A, B, X, and Y would be now, or whatever versions you want to say. Uh, and then There's the A, B buttons are below them, where the right thumbstick would be. So it's not that hard to get to. D pad. Picture showing. They need a picture showing the shoulders. I can't tell what the shoulder buttons look like. From oh the yeah, they don't. There's a. There's ones where they're standing up. There's four. There's four buttons. There's two on the left and probably two on the right. Although there That's, would only be three technically, so it's probably one on the left, right. two on the left, and yeah. one on the right. One on the right. Yeah. That, left, right, and Z. Right. That's what that would fit with what an N64 would have. Interesting. Yeah, but it, they look like normal shoulder double buttons, like the mm-hmm. back of a, a PS controller or whatever. I am going to bookmark this and research <laughs> anybody that makes a good one because that looks pretty cool. Oh, they make a wired one, too. Of course they oh, do. Oh, sure. If you're going to make a wireless one, the wired one is cheaper. So, Oh, with a it. rumble pack. Okay, I found a better picture here. With a rumble pack port on the wired one uh, and four buttons here. With the rumble pack port. I love it gotta have the oh, there you uh, go oh. yeah so it does show it interesting yeah two so, z yeah, do, two z buttons they're the same button yeah. it's just one on each side yeah. yep so, and then it has the fat old rumble pack port at the bottom down there oh, hilarious man. i'm up oh my goodness oh my I, goodness I, I found my new uh silly thing to spend money on <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, what if instead of this, you bought a game and played it instead of buying an extra controller? I still have an N64, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I don't know. You better be careful. Does this actually connect to an N64 also? That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, That's or just point. a computer. They, they may just be built to connect to That's PCs. A good point. Compatible with Rumble and memory packs. So it's probably compatible with an N64. 
It doesn't mean that. That's true. Good point. So, you know, just be careful. Don't sell yourself a bill of goods that's not listed. <laughs> what? Review. Joystick still as sloppy as an old controller. <laughs> 10 of 10. Done. So it still has the feel. <laughs> yeah, basically huge dead zones. Good. Got it. Perfect Dark is impossible to play with this controller. Let me tell you, Perfect Dark is impossible to play at all with an old controller. <laughs> uh, it is It is in 64 input, Andy. Awesome. I will, the, uh, I'm bookmarking. I think for folks that want to play Perfect Dark, they should go find the Xbox 360 version. Yes, go buy the port. That is a very good port of a, a very good game. Probably the only useful way to play that the game. The Farsight gun actually becomes extremely broken because you control it with a 360 controller yeah, and a, pinpoint a stick that can actually aim unlike yeah. the ones in the N64. Yeah, exactly. Kind of just swam around pointing generally somewhere. Oh my God, we're going to run out of time again. We're going to have to do this a third time. That's Are we? Gonna... What else is there to talk about? I don't well, know. Well, like... so uh, games. Games is what we haven't talked about. And you called me out earlier for switching to a controller for playing Call of Duty uh, one of the reasons is because controllers are so ubiquitous now, uh, but they're not always as accurate as like a keyboard and mouse, right? That's the big thing. Oh, PC is the better place to, uh, to play a shooter because you can pinpoint accurate with your mouse and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Aim assist, JJ. Yeah, so that's not actually a controller thing. That's a software that's thing. That's a software so thing. There's no discussion to have. Done. QED, son. No discussion about controllers here. It's discussion about software. So Dawn, the software, picks up, about software. The software picks up the controller, and all of a sudden, in some of those yeah, games, you're better off than a keyboard player, especially so in Call of Duty. I, I will argue that that's still not true, uh, but you are not better off. It provides you with aim assist, right? So you are hitting them, but a skilled player is going to headshot you, whereas a... You know, so a skilled PC player, because they have the fine control, will always be headshotting you. Whereas the aim assist doesn't guarantee you're getting a headshot, right? It just guarantees you're hitting them. Yeah. But or it doesn't guarantee. Anyway, it like makes hitting it makes the hit easier to get. But you don't want the hit, you want the kill. And that's the thing that changes when you have slightly more accuracy. But for it's like for a game I don't play that much and I'm not that accurate at right. I'd rather get for the a we were gamers here uh, for the we were gamers of the crew uh, maybe find out what games have good aim assist uh, and use your controller during all of them that. these days uh, I would I would argue probably that all of them have I think the most of them are built in. decent aim assist these days uh, yeah, they're built because in all on the of these shooters too. are coming to consoles yeah yeah absolutely every console every console first person shooter has aim assist and probably a lot of third person and other types of games have it as well. And they just don't advertise it because they don't need to. You kind of expect a little bit of... I mean, there's just less movement range from a mouse to a joystick. There just right. isn't as much place to move your hand around to create input. So yeah. there's just less for them to interpret. So they have to help you a little bit somehow. Otherwise, you're going to be holding the stick to the side of the screen to drag a little circle up across the... <laughs> <laughs> the field of view for an hour and meanwhile you got bored and turned the game off 20 minutes or you're always shooting behind the person because the stick just can't keep up you know or your character is slowly turning in a circle for an hour and meanwhile was killed seven times right so So what games not jokingly because uh, obviously i did make that decision for playing warzone was like i want to 
just I want to have a good time and the controller gives me a good time more than like I'm really bad at playing PC and unless I play this a lot I'm going to still be bad at playing this versus when we played Halo I didn't really care how good I was I enjoyed playing it on the mouse and keyboard Halo is a much different game than Call of Duty in terms of its performance and its aim and everything else like that and I enjoyed playing that with a mouse and keyboard um but you had mentioned you wanted to talk about the games that people play with with or so, making the choice, right? So I think the for myself it has typically boiled down to some level of what was the intent when they were designing the game, right? So if I play a game like Quake or Doom, original Doom, not like 2016 Doom. Yeah. Uh those games were designed for PC input. So I will be playing them with PC input because that's what they were designed to do. It also means I'm terrible at those games because they require really good mouse accuracy. Although Doom me on less some so. Unreal Tournament, baby. Yeah, there you go. I want that shotgun. That <laughs> shotgun's really good. I was um, sniped. Just sniped from the top. I just got to teleport behind him. Use the shotgun. <laughs> anyway, uh... So that stuff, so I, I tend to think about it that way, right? What is the platform that they are probably developing this the most for? It's like for these days, almost All everything is consoles. Console. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and so then it makes sense to play everything with a controller because that's what it's being tested with the most. Okay. And especially for games that maybe originated on consoles and only later came to PC, stuff like Dark Souls and a lot of platformers where these games only came out on consoles to start with. They weren't thinking about keyboard controls and maybe they implement them, but you know, now they had to like go back and think about how to do keyboard controls. Well, you should just do the scheme that they came up with originally, which is sort of how they wanted you to play it. Um, there were a so lot of then that leads that... to questions, right? Like how should I play this game based on what I think is there? Because it's not like they don't care. They just want you to use whatever you want. Like the developers are just like, here's what we support. Do what, you know, do what works for you. But then now I'm with playing this game with myself of like, is this the way I want to play this game based on what they're doing over here or something? I'm not sure. Yeah. I, Am I in my own head about this? Does no one else do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so there was a huge discussion about what you're talking about when um, Skyrim came out and the people said, you play it with a mouse and keyboard is more fun, but make sure to change the, you could change some of the settings so that they were, like the inventory was still done with the controller inventory instead of going to the PC inventory because the controller inventory was better, but you could still control that with a mouse and keyboard. It was like, yeah, I kind of get it. I don't think that I go as deeply as you do. I, if I'm going to play it on the computer, unless it's a platformer, I'm generally going to hit the mouse and keyboard first and try it that way. And if I don't like it, I'll switch. So, like, did you try to play that Jedi game with a mouse and keyboard? I did, and I didn't like it, and I switched over. Yeah, that sounds like it probably would have been horrible. Yeah, it was not good. Like, I don't think, if you try to ever play a game like that, don't even pick up the keyboard. Just go straight to the controller. Yeah, it's like third-person those, those action of games. games. Are, those kinds of games, as far as I can tell, anyway, I've never found one that has good keyboard controls. Michael? Um, I think it kind of depends. There are still, there are still a few things, things that are, that have a little more of a retro feel. Um, loop hero, Baba is you come to mind. I like to play mouse and keyboard. 
um, the the sort of t- that grid style lends itself better, I think, um, at least just in my head to arrow keys as opposed to using like a D-pad. I think the games with a ton of menus in general, not that Baba and you, Baba is you has a ton of menus, but like no. stuff like Darkest Dungeon or like old school RPGs where there's just like 500 boxes all over the screen all the time. That kind of stuff is where I want a keyboard because I want and a mouse so that I can yeah like definitely or if you and drag it around if you're playing a game um, that has uh, inventory slots like Diablo where you can assign stuff to a bunch of different keys potions and stuff yeah that that kind of thing doesn't translate real well to a controller right you can you can individually requires you can individually yeah. yeah required intricate uh menuing right like a civ 6 so i what i want people to do is email us with their games that's what i want people yep. to do podcast yep. at we were gamers.com i think that would actually be an interesting discussion topic for podcast at we were gamers.com to send us the games that you play a certain way and we can talk about ones we play certain ways that would be fun All so right. we will have a part three if you the listener demand it <laughs> Yeah, we could talk about mapping. We didn't get to mapping either, if people do that. So oh, yeah. Uh until then. Uh find yeah. us on the internet at We Were Gamers everywhere. Go to all the places. Yeah. Make fun of me for buying too many lightsabers. Uh you know. And then I'll go I'll go sit with uh, my friends on carbon scoring and make fun of you for making fun of us. But uh, oh, I was, I was going to ask you: Did you change the uh, the crystal color? Let's let's see it. Yeah, turn the light off. Yeah. You hear the sound? Yeah, I do. It's so different. It is. Yeah. I like the yellow. It's nice. Yeah, it, it's funny. It comes through on the screen. It comes through as almost white. further away nice. it gets the less color you get yeah maybe with the light on with the light on it might totally wash it out yeah now it looks almost almost white so they have a white yeah they have a white oh and then uh hold on you gotta see this ridiculousness real quick and then you can you <laughs> should go but so for this one, because they wanted to make it movie accurate for the, the Luke one. Yeah. His saber is tiny in the middle. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So in the box underneath it, they hid. And I knew this before I bought it. They hid another piece. Ah. So you can unscrew this one. For non-display time. For for I'm gonna go be Luke Skywalker tonight time. And then this one goes in a little bit differently. I don't know why. This is feeling good.
Oh, nice. Yeah, I can hear it. It's a different sound entirely, huh? Yeah, it is. I like the green sound a lot too. And but I uh I chose blue on the other one because I thought I would probably get this. You know? So I knew I'd have a green. Cuz you can't change this one. Right, yeah, that one's just fixed because they want it to be accurate. It feels good. It's not nearly as heavy as a Sabi Saber. That doesn't surprise me. But it's still metal and it feels good. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Go to the store, man. Alrighty, well this was another great episode. Of the car blocker. Well, thanks for <laughs> tuning in to some pod about chewing up the carbs on the car blocker. We got to come up with some better. I don't think the car blocker blocker got a lot of fans on this go. We'll we'll find out when we have more than just JJ as a sample size. If you loved the car blocker, email us podcast. <laughs> 